Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you all week? Oh, we started off shaking the Monday morning blues with the due time crew. And uh, we talked about that Indianapolis, Indianapolis, excuse me, police sergeant who stomped on the man's face after he was handcuffed, after he was lying on the ground, after he was face up, being restrained by another officer. And after all of that, he was only sentenced to one year. Yes, the sergeant was only sentence to one year. Now, that comes as we are celebrating the 22nd year of the World Trade Center uh, massacre, if you will, where so many of our first responders, our officers, died helping. And since then, it seems as though the police have gone extremely bucked while they have had no concern or care for the citizens that they have really sworn to protect. And they have done just the opposite. They are the rivals. They are the enemies in the entire, you know, situation. And, you know, we really got to keep this listed before the Lord because not only are we experiencing this behavior by law enforcement, but they're not even being sentenced for the crimes that they're committing. So, you know, they're getting away with everything now. They're getting away with their behavior. They're getting away with their attitude. It just doesn't seem to matter. So, you know, we're going to also keep those families in prayer that lost 
a loved one in the 911 attack and giving God thanks for all of the survivors and how far we've come and things that have improved because, you know, things have not only gone negatively, they have improved. So we're giving God thanks for everything. Well, on Monday, we got the switch with Shanti. Thank God for sustaining you. And that's what we just got finished talking about, you know, whether it was, you know, the 911 attack that, you know, you got through one way or another. You were sustained in um, maybe not being there, as our pastor K.L. said. He should have been there, but he was running late. Whether God has sustained you in just having a good sense of, of, of attitude, even though you've been through so much in your life, even though the things that, you know, are going on in your life are a little chaotic or have been chaotic, we give God thanks for sustaining, you know, us each and every day. And, you know, we can't take that lightly because there are people who are drinking, there are people who are on drugs, there are people who have taken their lives because they just couldn't handle it. So we give God thanks that, you know, we made it. We made it, and we made it. Okay? Well, there was no Let's Talk About a Tuesday Church Folk Day this week, but there was a Wow Wednesday as Vivian started off the morning in her socially conscious segment, giving us the story about the 25-year-old mom who was training to be an officer who was shot by her training officer. Oh, extremely negligent as he was playing around and, you know, pulled out a trainee gun. That's what he thought. But pulled out a gun, pointed it at her chest. And I don't remember whether Vivian said he fired or the gun went off. But uh, either way, he killed this unarmed woman. And again, here we go. Three years, he was sentenced to prison after being a part of the CIA, knowing if you're a training officer that they're just things you don't do. That's all he got, three years. So again, you know, justice does not prevail. Justice does not prevail. Wow. The lady talked about being teachable. Oh, we got to have that willing heart. Yeah. You know, if you're not willing to be teachable, if you're not trying to hear what people are saying to you, as they say, then learning is not going to happen. You're not going to be teachable. Oh, learn to listen. Just that matters. You can't be teachable if you're not willing to listen. And I think I told you this week when we were talking about this, maybe when I was doing the recap yesterday, just been watching people silently reject being teachable. You know, you don't always have to have a loud voice. Just your attitude, your demeanor, your 
uh, silence, your body language, it, yeah, it says a lot about whether you're really teachable or not. So, you know, listening comes in a whole lot of ways. All right? Well, Thursday. Therapeutic Thursday rolled around, and we had our sister, girl, minister, Gertie Gordon, in the house with her trust talk with Gertie. And this week, we talked about all the ingredients that they say we should not put in our hair, but we did find out that most of those things we do need a little of. So, you know, that's why I brought the list to her. Because, you know, a lot of times we're told to do things or not to do things. And it's not actually the way it's being given to us. But thank God we had someone educated, informed, trained who could tell us all about these particular products, what they do and or these ingredients and what they do and, you know, do we really need those things? Should we, you know, scrap those things and definitely not put it in our hair or, you know, she gave us some different ingredients, her top five uh, products that she uses so I would say go back and listen and we even got a little caveat you know I told a person story about my own scalp issues and voila our minister Gary had something to tell us yesterday so make sure you go back and listen so you can get you can get all of those gems that she gave us yesterday, okay? All right. Now, don't forget, if you want more information about your hair, go to Tress Talk with Gertie. That's G-E-R-D-I-E. And that's on YouTube. Yes. And she has some really good videos. Very good videos. Very informative. All right. And we've got some you know, some, uh, some plans to bring you some more information about your hair and hair tips and all kind of good stuff. So God is working. God is working on getting us all the information that we need. All right? All righty. Well, today is Freestyle Friday. Yes. And we get to do whatever it is we want to do and talk to the men is generally what we get done and then some other stuff. You know, we got some other little goodies that, you know, God sends our way and we got a little laughter and a little eye-opener things and, you know, eye-opening things. We got some stuff this Friday. Oh, it's just a plethora of things that we can do. And I don't know what we're going to do. All right? Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to go and get that healthy breakfast. Go and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. 
And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. Have you or a loved one been experiencing intense itching on your head and your hair or on your skin? You may be experiencing pediculosis or scabies. Pediculosis is where ectoparasites, aka lice, infest in your hair or your body hair. Scabies is where microscopic mites bury eggs under your skin and spread. These infections can infect anyone, but specifically anyone in close proximity such as children in school or elderly in nursing homes. These infections can easily be treated with permethrin shampoos or creams and will clear up in two to three weeks. Be sure not to share hairbrushes, clothing, or come in contact with anyone infected. Stay safe out there. Good morning, good morning. Welcome back to It's Deep Time with Pastor Seth. And it is Freestyle Friday. Yes. We made it, y'all. Thank you to God who is so good to usher us into the end of the week. It may have been rough, but we made it. We made it. Thank you, God. He's been so good. And uh, let's start having a little chatter chat. You know how it goes down here on Fridays. I try to pull up a little piece of information that you may not know. Called Who Knew? That's my, you know, my little segment. Wow. So... You know, are from the old school music world back in the very, very early 90s. We had the group Jodeci. Remember the two brothers and the two brothers, the two sets of brothers, Casey and JoJo, and we had the other brothers. And, you know, with the little light eyes, light skin, light eyes. You don't want to go going crazy over him back then. Well, Devontae Swing is one of the lightest skin brothers, yes. And then I came across something that I thought might be a little interesting. And I thought I'd share it with you. Well, they say that back in the day, 
when everybody was in the height of their careers, he actually had a thing with Madonna. I was like, wow, yeah. He had a, you know, little fling with Madonna. And the fling part is not what I'm talking about. You know, we don't talk about stuff like that here on the two time. But the fact that the two of them got together. Now, maybe you knew this, but listen, if I'm bringing it to you and saying who knew, I probably didn't know that, and I didn't. And I actually had no idea that, you know, they would have been interested in one another. No, I didn't think that, you know, he would have been interested in her and she would have been interested in him. I didn't even know that the opposite was attractive to them. I ain't none of my business, but you know how we do, you know. Who knows? So they say that just in their travels of you know, being in the music world. And if you remember back um, in the day, Madonna had a couple of songs that were on the, I guess, R&B rotation, if you will. It wasn't R&B-ish, but, you know, I used to call it the blue-eyed soul type of thing. And so being that some of our, our BLS and our Kiss FM here in New York they used to spin some Madonna music. So, you know, it wasn't weird to hear that they, you know, may have circulated, you know, in the same arena because they were definitely two different genres of music, you know. Um, but because, you know, she slid over into, you know, this particular arena with some of her, couple of her songs, you know, they were able to, I guess, cross paths because uh, Jodeci was not, you know, in her genre. Definitely not in her genre. But they say that she was kind of awestruck by him. And, you know, one time they caught the two of them and um, just kind of in the hallway. And they thought that she was going to pass him by but she actually stopped and, you know, gave him a nice little noise, noisy kiss. And stated that there was some stuff going on, just by the little chatter that was going on between the two of them. And he said, you know, to one of the um, journalists at one point that, you know, she was one of the most beautiful people he knew, and they say that actually she dated, I, now I didn't know this, now maybe I've been asleep all this time, but they say that her, you know, her uh, in our arena goes from like Tupac, Dennis Rodman, now, Dennis Rodman does not surprise me because he was always kind of weird. But I didn't have, I did not know that Mr. Tupac, you know, was on her radar. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the bad boys are always on their radar. Um, and they say that Mr. Devontae 
well, they, you know, they call it Devontae Swing. Mr. Devontae Swing, he has an interest in, you know, ladies from the, you know, other side of the fence, as I call it, which is nothing wrong. It doesn't matter to me. But they say that he has a beautiful daughter, um, and that seems to be his thing. So they actually, that was their, you know, arena. And they ended up getting together for a little bit. So that one kind of passed me by. I was a little shocked and just thought I'd kind of share that with you. So, you know, I always like to have our little trivia thing going on as well on Friday. And they... I'm looking at a little article, which I thought was really cute. And it's things that women have listed that guys do that have really annoyed them. So, ladies, it's out here. Throw me some things. You know how to get in touch with me. Throw me some things that the men have done that really annoy you, maybe some of the things that are listed here, you may agree with. So if so, give me a thumbs up. Let's hear from you this morning. Now, one of the things they say that men do that's really creepy. That, that's, that's really the, the tagline here, things that men do that are really creepy. One woman says, or what hit the list, they say when they sit next to you, when you're the only two people in the place, and there are many, many seats, but they find their way to you. Ah, some women found that creepy. What else? Oh, they say when men stand in line just an inch away from you. They think that's really creepy. And I have to agree with that one. Yeah, I don't, why are you standing on my back? Well, I have to say that, has, that hasn't happened to me in a while. <laughs> oh, okay. Another one on the list, they say, as a five woman, it's creepy when guys you barely know Sometimes even total strangers lift you up off the ground to hug you. Well, it's definitely creepy if you don't know me and you lifted me off the ground to hug you. If I don't know you and you hugging me, it's definitely creepy. All right? What else? Mm. Oh, Okay. What's on this list? Touch my waist to move by me. Oh. To you. You know, when when men do that, oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. I've definitely seen that happen. I can see that as being creepy. Oh, another one. Ask you out while you are at work or in a situation in which you cannot leave. 
Baptist gave a really crazy story the other day about a woman who was sick because a guy asked her for her number and he was actually in the company of some other men. And when she told him no, she wouldn't give him the number, he really, really, really just smashed her with a brick. Yeah. So men can get real interesting at times. Okay, not backing off when a woman indicates in any way whatsoever, verbally or physically, that she isn't interested, yet they can continue or think they can continue to harass you or change your mind. Well, maybe that's what happened with the guy. He thought he was going to change her mind, and he ended up hitting her. Yeah, men are sick. Well, women are sick too, but you get my point. You get my point. All righty. Let me see. I got a submission. It's awkward when I'm taking when I'm talking to you, and the entire time you're looking at my body. Wow, that is that has to be a creepy thing. Again, that has to happen to me in quite some time. But I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure that would be a very creepy feeling. Because you know, no, 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 no. That is very, a very uncomfortable situation to be in. Mm. Oh, telling you to smile. Wow. That's never happened to me. <laughs> That'd be creepy. I can't imagine a person who's not taking your picture or telling you to smile. Wow. I hope men are listening because sometimes I don't think they understand some of the stuff, um, you know, will creep a woman out. I know sometimes they may, they may not mean it that way, but mm, wow. Wow. Let's see what else is on this list. Oh, when men ask, where's my hug? Oh, now that, that is creepy. That is creepy. Wow. Mm. Ask him if I live alone. No, no, no. Why would you ask a woman if she lives alone? Not these days and times. You can't ask those kind of questions unless something's on your mind. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. Call women they don't know by terms of endearment. Honey, sweetie, hun, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. That's pretty creepy. Wow. I'm surprised you ladies don't have more submissions. Well, thank you for the submission that I did get. And, you know, again, we have to be very careful of other people's space. You can't infringe on other people's space. And there are many ways you can get that done. And like I said, you know, it may not be intentional. But, yes, certain little things you do will 
will definitely creep a woman out. Yeah. So, men, come on. Let's get that together. And ladies, you know, understand that some of the things that you do can creep a man out as well. They may think it's pretty strange or weird. And I'm sure men have some things that they can itemize. And you better believe I am going to ask this morning. You know, remember, they have their stages in order. So I am definitely going to, you know, put that out there and see if they can list some things. And I can guarantee you, I know our brother Al has something to put on that list. Even if the other two gentlemen don't, I know Al has a probably a couple things that he can itemize. Yeah, so. What are we talking about today? I got some news. It's not all that great, not all that interesting, but you know, sometimes once I start talking about it, well, here's something that's kind of interesting. Now, I don't know how many of you remember back in the day when Denny's was snagged for their prejudiced behavior. Yeah. And... I just said I would never eat at a Denny's. And I don't care where we travel. I don't care how hungry I am. I will not eat at a Denny's. That just never left my head. And I just never, I don't care what their specials are. And, you know, they will, they will have some really good specials at times. Well, my thing was always I hop. I can't eat eggs no way, so. I don't want to know Denny's, but Denny's is still at it. And I have to tell you, that is well over 20 years ago that that um, uh, prejudice behavior was being flagged all over the news. Well, last month, there were two truckers that were driving and they made a stop. Mr. Damon Whitfield and Hector Madeira, they made a stop in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and they were very hungry, they say. And they sat down and a woman, excuse me, came over to them with a message. Now, at the same time, 911 received a call that there were some unruly customers who refused to leave the establishment. Well, after they look at this video, five-minute video of the incident that they ended up posting on social media, it shows something very differently. They said they have a waitress going over to the, to, to the two men, and she said, we have a lot of people here. It would be nice if you guys can leave. So one of the men asked, what did we do? And she says, I have no idea. I'm not in the situation. But she said, like, to make it more calm, 
she said, you guys can kindly leave because you do have a lot of people around or the police will be on their way because they are. And then she was referring to another individual who this she was. So when the men ask the server again why they had to leave, she says, again, I don't know. Now, officers were called to the scene, and they told her that they wanted to kind of wait it out so that they could submit their own complaint and tell their side of the story. So when the officers got there, they did ask the men to step outside, and the men did explain what happened, and they told the officers, we're not trying to play the race card, but when you look in there, ain't nobody else in there that's black but us. And, you know, they're serving everybody else. So one of the responding officers apologized to the the two men, and they, you know, did not um, bother them with, you know, arresting them or anything like that. But they they said that they wanted a public apology from Dave. And the CEO, Roland Berg, he's the franchise owner. He said he terminated the employee whom the second waitress, the one who was talking, had referred to, and that they do not discriminate. Well, like I said, I don't know how many of you remember Back in the day, you know, this was a huge thing with Denny. And here you are back in the news about your discriminative behavior. And now you're trying to tell people you're not, you know, y'all don't discriminate. Well, here's the problem. You didn't fire enough people because the one who delivered the message, oh, she would have been fired too. They, they, there's, some, there's some discrepancy between who this person was that was doing the talking and who the person was who told her to go over there. And one, one you know, one is saying that, you know, she was the manager who sent the other, the waitress over. Well, manager, waitress, and everybody else needed to lose their job, in my opinion. Because I cannot imagine that being something that I would carry out. How can you know that these men have done nothing, but yet you're going over there to bother them about leaving because there's quite a few people in here. So what are you saying, that these people are uncomfortable? And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Now, I don't know about you. Go on in there and sat down. If we were the only two people in there that were of color. I'm not going in there. I don't care how friendly they could possibly appear to be. 
I'm not going, I don't care if it was the Denny's or any other establishment. I'm not going up in there and sitting down and y'all going to handle my food. Mm-mm. Sorry. No, that's all right. And you know what? They're hungry. And, and, and I understand. And I'm not saying that they should not have been able to sit down. Because it's a free country. But in actuality, are we really free? You know, so what we're supposed to be able to do and what we can do are two different things. So when they told, you know, the um, the officer, hey, you know, we're the only two people in there looking in. No, y'all should have been looking up in there. When you saw that you were the only two people up in there, you should have gotten up out of there. Should have gotten up out of there. So, you know, I think everybody should have been fired who was involved, not just the person who sent was sent the young lady, whether she was a manager or not. Well, I really can't see another server telling a server to go and do something like that, and the server going to do something like that. Unless y'all just too dopes. All right. Well, I got some news here. Oh, well, for once, something on TikTok makes some sense and is worth spreading. So, politicians and former chefs are currently posting some videos warning TikTokers about the fried rice syndrome. And they say that's in the aftermath of a 20-year-old dying after eating food that had been left out. Now, this is not a, a very recent story, but for some reason, this has resurfaced. And they're bringing it back up. And the fraud rice syndrome and, and this particular um, young man. So they say that he ate leftover spinach. Now, not spinach, spaghetti from five days earlier that he had left out at room temperature the entire time. He warmed it up in the microwave and ate it, but he passed away overnight after experiencing headaches, nausea, and abdominal pain. And I vaguely remember this story because afterwards there was all of this warning, you know, not to eat food that had been left out and blah, 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 blah. Well, there's, um, there's a toxin that's released in your food after you leave it out, and that's one thing that I will go buck wild in my house about. And sometimes, you know, after Shantice and I, you know, are doing what we do, we're just tired. And sometimes, you know, if I've managed to cook, you know, everybody's kind of going north, east, south, and west, and we'll leave the food for the next person because I try not to eat after a certain time, and I'll leave the food or somebody might be coming in later or whatever, or somebody may not have eaten, and it gets left out inadvertently. 
and they have warned us a million times about food being left out and how toxic it can actually be. And here's what the dietitians and chefs and things are actually talking about. So they're saying people can get sick or it can lead to death if, you know, some toxins have gotten into that food. And that's what happened. Some bacteria grew in the food that the young man had left out. Now, I mean, you got to be quite hungry to leave some food out for five days without putting it in the refrigerator at all and go back and heat it up. Oh, my gosh. It had to have smelled at that point. I don't even even know. But they're saying the reason why they say fried rice syndrome, because they say, and we know this, after the rice is cooked in a Chinese restaurant, it's left at room temperature because they want to use it for fried rice. It's also as white as white as white rice. And, you know, they throw their other ingredients in it or whatever. And they don't put it, like, in the refrigerator because it'll get clumpy. And it'll become soggy. So they say, although it doesn't become clumpy or soggy, reheating it doesn't get rid of all the toxins. So in other words, some people believe that if you reheat it at certain temperatures, some of the toxins and bacteria, you know, are killed. Well, they say it's not. Just the fact that you left it out for two hours automatically makes it toxic. So they say that as a rule of thumb, if you have food that's supposed to be refrigerated and it reaches above 40 degrees, bacteria has already started to grow in it. So uh, they're talking about, yeah, like rice. And they say if it then cools down below 140 degrees, that it's also in the danger zone. So it's, it's this crazy crazy thing that goes on. So there's a chef that says, I refrigerate everything to make sure that it does not get contaminated. And they had some other people, you know, TikTokers kind of, you know, throw their little two cents in. And There's a professional chef that says that there's a rule called the 40-140 rule. It means if you let your food sit for four hours between the temperatures of 40 degrees and 140 degrees, they say you need to throw it out. Mm, because that's what restaurants are told to do. So, get rid of it. Well, we should have been dead a long time ago, because, man, I get so angry. I'm like, I'm not throwing my food out. 
Lord has yeah, ooh, he's preserved Stephanie. Because if we leave it out overnight and it ain't smelling, ain't gooey, yeah, I'll take a chance on it. But now that now that I've read this, oh, as Pastor Charlotte says, to know better, you need to do better. So please, you know, be careful of your 41, wait, 4, okay, no, here we go, 4144 rule. And again, that if your food has been sitting out for four hours between 40 and 140 degrees, throw it in the garbage. It's really not worth getting sick, especially for certain types of food. Well, like I said, we should all be dead when we eat the, the fried rice. So, oh, especially, you know, you see them sometimes keep it in that, I guess it's that big, huge rice cooker. Yeah, you know that's been sitting there for a minute. I don't know if it lasts for hours because they have a, you know, they have a quick turnover period, but hey, you don't know. You don't know, you don't know. All right, one more story before we get to talking to our gentlemen. What are we going to talk about? Mm. Let's see. Oh, here's one I want to talk about. California schools are going buck wild. They say that in an effort to lower the teen pregnancy rate and sexually transmitted diseases among the teens in the high school that's starting as soon as the next year, they are going to require the California public high schools to offer free condoms. And they say that California has a remarkable decline in teen pregnancies, but the STD rate has skyrocketed. And they say that it's really skyrocketed in between 15 to 24 years of age. So they're trying to combat this by offering condoms. Now, there's the other side that says, listen, you know, we are improving our vaccine for HPV and it's not, you know, only focusing on condom distribution. So, you know, it's trying to, you know, lighten the, you know, the blow that they're going to be issuing condoms. So they're also tightening up on the HPV, and we know that's the human papilloma virus um, injection that they started giving quite a few years ago to our young teens to help them, you know, with the uh, sexually transmitted diseases. But there's others that say, listen, instead of 
access to condoms or more access to condoms, we should be teaching them to limit their sexual activity. So that there's a huge, you know, huge thing over there. They say that if this law is signed in, it would prohibit retailers from asking for proof of age or ID when minors buy condoms and non-prescription contraception. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, over in California, they are still going bug wild because they say students as young as first graders may have guaranteed access to gender-neutral bathrooms as early as 2026. They say the bill would expand a decade-old law that allows students to use the bathroom that aligns with their gender identity. And it's a little different than we think, you know, or that it's been put out because I've done quite a few, uh, what do you think, you know, stories on this. And what it would do is they are going to put up individual bathrooms. See, before we were it was telling us that the bathroom itself would just become gender neutral. But it's not like that. Like, in other words, you go in the bathroom, like a regular bathroom right now, and it's like four or five stalls, and if you were a boy who was identifying as a girl, you would walk in, or vice versa. You just wouldn't know. What they're doing in California is a little bit different. They're saying that the restrooms in the schools would be limited to single stalls or um, multi-stalls, but like I said, it would be like two. They're saying multi-stalls meaning two. And they, because they do have a fear that multiple people of the opposite gender would be going into the bathroom and making it unsafe. So for them, they're saying that this is what they would be doing to combat, you know, issues, if you will. And, but, you know, they're, they're still upset because, you know, you have this as young as first graders. So, you know, if you're in the first grade, why are we even there? But, again, they're claiming that people as young as first grade, they understand what their body is saying to them, and they may need these neutral, the gender-neutral bathrooms. So they said all gender-neutral bathrooms would be single-use and provide private spaces for the students, again, because they are concerned about the unsafe environment that it can you know, provide, and I still say they're going buck wild because I ain't trying to hear nobody talk about no first grade. First grade, you five and six years old. That's just a little too much for me. Little too much for me. Well, also to finish this up with this California school business, they are also 
some suspension. Yeah, they're not suspending children and pulling them out of school for certain behaviors. And they're saying they're going to stop willful defiance suspensions. So they have in between kindergarten and fifth grade, they have this issue where, you know, they're suspending them for every little thing they feel. And they're saying, well, hey, you know, if, you know, you're tapping your foot or talking back to a teacher or wearing a hat after being told to take it off, that is what they consider to be, you know, defiant behavior. And they were suspending the students for it. Well, here's the thing. They found that most of those suspensions were, you know, so in this case, you know, they, I guess they're trying to make up for the first two things, you know, so they're trying to stop, I guess, really, they want to stop the discrimination. That's, that's, that's what they're saying. In other words, they're not coming out and saying it, but behind, you know, read behind them, you know, a line uh, in between the lines. Yeah, that's what they're pretty much saying. And they're saying that, you know, some of the teachers have been complaining that the classrooms have been disruptive because of, you know, these students. But they're like, listen, reserve suspension and pulling the children out of school for bigger things such as violence, uh, bullying, theft, or drug possession, but leave the little defiant stuff alone. You know, you, you, you can't keep throwing kids out of school altogether for stuff like that. Now, I know for quite a while, because even when one of my girls was in junior high school, they've had this in-school suspension. And I know Brother Al mentioned the in-school suspension so I don't know if California is doing this in-school suspension because that was the fight. The fight was, you know, you pull them out of school altogether, so they're missing school. So they don't want that anymore. All right? So I gave you some stuff to talk about. I gave you some stuff to talk about. So let's say good morning to our gentlemen. Let's say good morning to our Pastor Vinny. Good morning, Pastor Vinny. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you doing this morning? I am well, thank you. How are you? Awesome. We are doing fine. We are doing fine. Uh, Pastor Brenda is uh, coming along fine with her uh, new uh, titanium knee. <laughs> Nice, nice. She's nice. doing very she, she very just got good. she got discharged yesterday from the uh, home home care and she'll be going into a uh, real rehab. <laughs> All right. She said help me. <laughs> no, she she's uh, doing well. God. She's doing It's a thank painful God. thing. Thank God. I can imagine. I can thing. imagine. She, but she's doing She's doing well, grinning and grinning and bearing it. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanking God for her healing. Thank you, God, Amen. for her healing. Thank you so much Amen. for joining us this morning. Yeah. All right. 
Pastor Vinny, you're going to get us started this morning. We started talking about, you heard, you know, women who say that guys do some real creepy things. <laughs> and I wanted to throw it back your way and mm-hmm. ask you, you know, is there something that you feel women do to men that are real creepy? Well, um, growing up, growing up, I was, I was really, I mean, I had a big family, but I, I was really shy around girls. And um, so I, I, I would never okay. be the one to take the lead, you know, to, to uh, get in a, a, a female space or even, even start a conversation. You know, if she, did, okay. if she didn't start a conversation, there would be no conversation. <laughs> you know, okay, and, okay. It, and it and it wasn't until you know, you know, almost like sixteen, seventeen, that I started feeling kind of comfortable, you know, around females, and and I'm talking about with, with my eight sisters, <laughs> you know. Wow. Uh, so, uh, because back then we were we were care- we were really careful. You know, again, growing up in the church, we were careful about, you know, going to another person's space, especially, especially female. You know, there, okay. We grew up with certain things. You, certain things you just don't do. You don't, you don't take it for granted. You know, I, I mean, I saw guys, you know, like really crazy, and I, I was like, not me. <laughs> That's not going to be okay, my story when okay. they. When it when it hauled me off in handcuffs. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah. I bet, I bet. Yeah, wow. you know, it it was, it was a real thing, but uh, you know, I was, you know, again, just thankful for, for the way, you know, I was raised, you know, really taught how to uh, respect females. Um, it's it's um, you know, I I don't I don't get it how people just feel that they have the right to to uh to put their hands on people to call call mm-hmm. them out of their names uh, you know to create a situation that is just uh it, it becomes volatile it becomes right. really really dangerous now now the the, right, the only right. thing that 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 kind of creeped me out probably was you know in in school the like I was a, a quiet guy so the girls they would they would get together and uh and try to incite <laughs> some reaction out of me you know okay uh you know that that gang of girls that that could be a thing all in itself right okay okay that, that, so oh, so okay. i kind of steered steered away from that as well Okay, yeah. okay, okay. You got to be smart about these things. You got to be smart. You got you got to be smart. Yeah. Yes. So thank you so much again for joining us today, Pastor Vinny. Let's see what Brother Al has to say. I, I think of all the three of you, I know <laughs> Brother Al is gonna have a story about something that a woman did that was creepy. Good morning, oh, yeah. Brother Al. <laughs> morning, morning. Chop, chop of the morning. Brother Al, okay. yeah, well, I'm sorry, I'm just getting stuff situated here. I'm doing good. How how are you this morning? I'm well, thank you. I'm well. 
So we're talking about the creepy things that women have done to men. Have you experienced anything that you would say was kind of creepy that a woman did to you? Yes, stalking. Stalking somebody is very, very creepy. And I've had that happen. And some people think it's cute and it's nice, and it's not. You know, it was, it was, it was very scary for me. Like, I'm going places, and this woman don't know where I work, and she popped up at my job. And, you know, that, that was very creepy and scary at the same time. Okay, okay, okay. So you said she didn't know you pretty much, Al? Yeah, the crazy thing was, you know, back in my days when I was running back in my former life, I met her at a party. And um, okay. and we talked. I did give her my phone number. And that was about it. We didn't talk much. But, you know, I danced with her. Okay. Times, I talked with her. And I gave her my phone number. And that was it. And she called. I noticed that she called me, like, the next day she called me about eight times. So I said, okay, something ain't right with this. And I brushed her off the last three calls. The last three calls, I brushed her off, and then I went to work, and I worked for the post office. I'll never forget, and they called me, and they said, Brian, uh, somebody's here to see you. I'm like, who's here to see me? I'm a mail carrier. I go out, and I go in the front, and it's her. So my mind is bothering. Like I'm like, how does she know where I work at? Like, all type of stuff running through my mind. I never told her what I, who I worked for, where I worked at. How does she know where I worked at? So my mind is racing now, like, okay, what's going on? So how did you, how did she find out where you worked? To this day, I don't know. She never said it because I asked. I said, "How do you find out where I work?" And she said, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> that was the answer. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow! I knew you would have a story, brother Al. Oh my! Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's find out what Pastor Kiel said about this creepy thing or these creepy things that women do. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today? I am well. Thank you, Pastor KL. That's good to hear. Now, we're talking about the creepy things that women have been known to do. You know, we talked earlier about the creepy things that men have done. But have you experienced some creepy behavior? I know you told us a couple of stories here on this due time. But what has happened to you that you'd like to tell us about that was pretty creepy that you've experienced? Well, for me, and I'm not sure if I told this story before, but for me, you know, in my former life, you know, I would have a, young lady come over and spend the night in my former life. And uh, I, I would get up, you know, to use the bathroom, and i see a head with a wig on, on the dresser. And that, that kind of freaked me out because I'm trying to figure out. Because, you know, with, with, I'm not sure if everybody knows, but women usually put their wig on what's a bust, a head. So all I see is a head on my dresser now. When men get up to go to the bathroom, we're already dragging. We're trying to find our way. So now we're finding our way and we see in our hands. I almost beat on myself. I almost didn't make it to the bathroom. That was a little rough for me. Yeah, she had to get up and go. 
Right then and there. Right then and there, she had to get up and go. Holler in her head. Why did you put her out, though, Pastor Kale? Why did you put her out? Because she freaked me out. I mean, I was, listen, I was, I thought I was in a horror movie. I was, oh, all she, oh, all that, all that head needed was some eyes, and it would have been all over for me. I think I'd have made a whole new bathroom. <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness gracious. So what did she say when you told her she had to leave? She said it was only my hair. I said, keep your hair on your head. Don't create a whole other head. <laughs> no, you got, you got to go. You got to go. You know, I know, I know two heads are better than one, but I just need one. We okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You are too much here. Wow. Well, you know what's funny? You men have very different stories than the women have, you know? We are over, I love the vastness between men and women. I really do. I really do. So a lot of times I try to ask the same question because it is definitely going to be a completely different response. And as always, even something mm-hmm. as simple as this is extremely vast. All right, so we have this story these two gentlemen, one African-American, one Hispanic, they're Trump drivers, they're driving through, they're tired, they're driving through South Dakota, and they're tired, and they stop at Denny's to get something to eat, and they're minding their business, they, all they want is to be served, and the, the, the waitress comes over, and she says, listen, you, I think you guys need to leave because, you know, there's a, we have a lot of people here, and it, it would be nice if you guys left. They ask what did they do, and she motions that she told me to tell you to leave, and it, it was another what looked to be a waitress. And they called the cops on these two gentlemen, and when the cops got there, there they did ask for them to go outside. They, you know, they said that they wanted to wait until the cops got there so that they could submit their own complaint and tell their side of the story. And at the, when they called the cops, they, when they called 911, they told 911 that there had been some unruly people there who refused to leave. But thank God. Somehow, some five-minute video must be from someone sitting there. They took, they had, and they referred that to, and the police officer apologized. The CEO apologized of the franchise, and, you know, he said that they don't discriminate at Denny's. And I think that Oh, so and he said he fired the waitress who sent the other waitress to tell the men this, you know, to ask them to leave. So my thing is they needed to fire the person who sent her, which is also said to have been a manager, which I believe because you ain't gonna just do the work of some other server, um, especially something like that. So you have, I think they should have fired everybody. The person who called the cops 
who claimed that there was some behavior issue going on and getting the cops out, because that's a false claim. They should fire the one who delivered the message. They should have fired the one who sent that one to deliver the message. Everybody should have been fired. I think that I would not ever stayed in a place where I was the only person of color in the place. So that's what they told the officers. They said, the officers, look, you know, they, they're discriminative. You know, they, they we only two people in there that's black. But I would have stayed. So I'm going to ask you, Pastor Vinny, would you have stayed? Well, first of all, who should be fired? Pastor Vinny. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought it was one of the other guys' turn. Everybody. Oh, no, no, no. Every, okay. every, everybody, everybody, even, even, okay. even, okay. you know, to, to to make that kind of call, it would have had been ordered by a manager. You know, somebody, somebody okay. in charge, somebody with responsibility. You know, they they would have to be the ones. You know, it it couldn't be just a lowly uh, waitress or a server to make that kind right. of phone call. That that would have to be authorized by a manager or whatever. So he, he's gone right. to, uh, unless, uh, you know, unless okay. that's his franchise. Unless that's his franchise. Okay. But, but everybody, everybody okay. got to go. And, and no, being that night <laughs> at, at that Denny's, we would okay. not be eating their food, their co- concocted food to serve to us who they don't like. Okay, I like that. Nice, short, and sweet. That's the way I yeah. definitely agree. Oh no. Yeah. oh, no. Brother Al. Oh, yeah. What do you say? Who should be fired? I'm, I'm going with everybody should be fired, but I, I will have to get more information about the person they sent over there. Because I'm looking at it, you don't know what that person's situation is as far as this might be they, they, they new job. And you know how it is on a new job. You try your best to do everything right. You want to make sure you're on point because you just got this job. So I'm looking at that, too, that this person might just got this job and or scared of the manager. You got some people scared of their boss. Whatever the boss tells them to do, they do it. You know, so I'm not too keen on the person that was sent to do it, you know. But everybody else definitely should, should be fired. And this is where people understand when you leave the comments, when you leave the reviews. Reviews mean so much to these big companies and restaurants. This is why you leave reviews. That's how you get back. Don't go here, they present, whatever. But um, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I would need to know some more about the person that got sent over there because, again, you know, she was just doing what she was told to do. Okay, okay. Would you have stopped to eat there? When you found out and looked around and saw that you were the only person of color in You said what I have left? When you went there, you're hungry. You stopped to get something, right. but you spot the fact that you're the only person of color in the place. Would you have stayed? Oh, yeah, I would have showed out there. Oh, y'all want to play rough? 
okay, I'm going to sit right here and eat and make sure y'all feel uncomfortable while I eat. But, but you know what? I think about that, too, that, you know, to be out there, I, I, I don't think so because now my mind going is, is, you know, my mind is going, what if they do something to this food? Because they don't want me there and I'm going yeah. to food. So, no, I, I take mm-hmm. that back. No, I, I take that back. I ain't got to buy this. Oh, I'll just send it to the cops. Because you want the cops to come? I'm going to sit right here until the cops come. But no, I wouldn't order them because, yeah, they might have did something to the food. Oh, yeah, brother. I think you need to rethink that thing. All righty. Pastor KL. Should everybody have been fired or who should have been fired? Well, first, let me premise this, this, this statement by saying I'm not sure if people know, but Denny's has been known for being the most racist restaurant for quite a, lot, a long time, yes. ever since I yes. left New York. So this is, this is yes, not something yes. that surprises me you know and to go yes. to the point of 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 of, of pastor Vinny, you know this has been a practice so mm-hmm. you know when when, when the yes. woman says yep. you know you guys gotta leave it's a pra- you don't just say it this one time this has been right. part of your bylaws and this is something that 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 as you work every day you know saying this is something that you've done you know so i right. i think that everybody including the cook, should be fired. Everybody. Because now the cook don't even want to feed me. You know what I mean? We got a, we got a, we got a jigaboo out there. Now we go, now we going to make a special wonton soup. You know what I mean? I, I, I think everybody needs, listen, I think Denny itself needs to shut down. You know, mm-hmm. those are, that, that, that's, the, that's the good old boys restaurant. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. they don't want us there. You know, and, and yeah. like Brother Al said, if you've seen the reviews, you would already know this. So, right. woe unto you who goes into this restaurant. Denny's, mm-hmm. whether you've been to the Denny's or not, you've heard of Denny's. You know what I mean? Right. And no, this, this, this is a very racist establishment. And for you to go in there to try mm-hmm. to prove a point that, that my name is not Toby, it's Kunta. You don't have a Kunta meal. So I'm not understanding why you want to be in there. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, prior to you getting on, Pastor K, when I was talking, I said the same thing. I said from 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 decades ago, it has yeah. been said that Denny's has been very, very, very racist. And, you know, listen, I, I don't care what kind of special they run. I don't care if they give them free food. It wouldn't matter to me. I'm not going in a Denny's. And, and, and this didn't surprise me either. And the reason why I brought the story here is because I'm looking at a, a statement that says, well, look inside. We're the only two black people. Well, yeah, because every other black person knows you shouldn't be up in there. They got the mm-hmm. memo. Where were you when the memo was being passed out? <laughs> well, What's your malfunction? So we, oh, we, we have our resident server on, you know, uh, as part of a due, of the due time crew. And she says they both could have been servers. Servers would take liberty to do things like that, knowing that mm. the manager and owner would okay it. And she said they only wow. got fired. 
because someone said something, had they left quietly, nothing would have happened to them. And I agree. I believe that. I believe mm-hmm. every bit of that. That don't, that like like uh, you, um, Pastor Vinny and Pastor KL have said, this is their mo, and they wouldn't have fired yeah. her. The, the cops were hmm. called, and 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 the CEO had to prove a point that they're not discriminative. And when he said that in his statement, I'm like, who are you kidding? When you bought the franchise, <laughs> it was discriminative. So how are you going to now talk about y'all don't discriminate? Give me a break already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you. Pastor Steph? Yes. When, when, uh, when, when Pastor Brenda and I, you know, in, in our area in, in Daytona Beach, you know, there, 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 there are quite a few restaurants, you know, it, the black restaurants and the non-black restaurants, you know. Okay. But, you know, we, you know, we like what we like, and um, we give you a chance. We went into this. We went into this establishment, and I, I, I don't even. I was trying to get a feel of the people serving there and visiting there. It was like a bar and grill kind of thing. Uh, uh, okay. We, we we give you we give you a chance. Now if, if okay. we sit down in a place, and after ten minutes, nobody come and say hi, or I'll be with you in a minute. Ten minutes, we out. <laughs> right, 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 we, right. We are out. Right. Hey, 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 Pastor Vinny, Pastor Vinny. Yeah. You keep yeah. giving these places chances. You're gonna be at the last supper. That's all I want you to know. <laughs> you're gonna be at the last supper. You keep giving these chances. Oh my goodness! Well, okay. So wait. So the question is coming in ten minutes. Is ten minutes a good time? I want to know. The, the, the question is coming in 10 minutes. I don't know if 10 minutes is too long. I don't know if 10 minutes is too short. I'm, I'm waiting for an answer here. Oh, wait. Uh-huh. Oh, it's 10. Oh, she says 10 minutes is horrible. Mm. All right. So, so Pastor Vinny and Pastor Brenda, I'm, I'm getting some information for you. Okay. All she right. said if All they right. don't come in two, she said if they don't come in two minutes, they don't want to serve mm. you. Wow. Ah, okay. Wow. All right. That's the resident server here. Even if they're busy. Paul. Paul, I know. Busy, John, I know. But Pastor Vinny, I don't know you. This is why I cook dinner. This is why I cook dinner. I don't want to go through all this nonsense. Wait, she said, even if, Pastor Vinny, she says, even if it's busy, that's completely unacceptable. They said, you can get fired for that. Mm. Wow. Okay. We'll we'll take that under advisement. Yes, you're taking that long to get to a table is unacceptable. 
So, all right. Okay. Wow. All, all right. right. So now you got that little piece of information. Well, thank you, our we resident server. All right. So <laughs> we got California going buck wild, gentlemen. And I would love to hear your take on this because I don't know what the ladies would say. Well, I think I know what the ladies would say, but it's always very different than you. In California, they're saying even though their teen pregnancy rates have declined tremendously, in between the ages of 15 and 24, STD rate has skyrocketed. So what they're going to do is as of starting as early as next year, they're passing a bill that says they are giving out free condoms in the school. Not only that, but if they're no longer merchant to card anyone, if they ask for condoms in a store, if they're going to buy condoms in the store or they're going to buy some over-the-counter contraception, they do not have to card them. They will be, um, it will be illegal to card them. And you have one side that says, well, listen, we're not just passing out condoms, but we're also increasing the HPV papillomavirus um, uh, vaccine. So we're, we're working on that whole issue. And then you have others that say, well, listen, I don't care whether you're increasing the HPV vaccine or not. I think you need to just stop giving out. Don't even think about giving out the free condoms. You need to just about abstaining altogether or holding it off or whatever the situation is. All right, Brother Al, this one is on you. Which one do you, which side are you airing on? I think they need to give out the condoms. And they need to change the rules about talking about sex in school. They don't, they, they don't want to educate these kids. For some reason, they feel, oh, we talk about it, we're giving them the okay. But let me tell you something. Here in New York, from the age of 11, okay, from 11 to, 11 to the age of 22, chlamydia is the highest rated SBB is out there. And the crazy thing about it, these young kids are having sex, they don't understand it. And chlamydia has no sign, so you don't even know you have it. So now this, this, this STD is incubating in your body, and when it gets strong enough, it attacks your body. You could go blind, you could have a stroke, you could have a heart attack. And, you know, these are stuff that they're not talking to these kids about. You know, and these kids run out trying to do wrongful things and don't have a clue on what they're doing. So they need to lift up that rule and let sex education let them talk to these kids about this. And yes, give out comments. These kids are out there doing the do. Give them out. Right. The record speaks for itself, you know. I'm sorry. The record speaks for itself. All righty. Pastor K.O., what say you, Brother Al says, give out the condoms. They're doing it anyway. They're getting sick. Give them out. What do you say? Well, I, I'm, I'm half and half. I mean, I do say give them out because you can have all the conversations you want to have. And later in the midnight hour, you know, when you get that itch, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do whether mommy or daddy has a conversation with you or not. 
You know, I, I, I'd say this. I had people know when, when you when you call people in for interviews, you see their resume, but you don't see them. So I, I, I called someone for an interview, and she was six months pregnant. She was 36 years old, and this was her 13th child. Wow. One, three, wow. at 36 years old. So, I mean, somebody should have did something. You know, burnt or, <laughs> or, or clipped or whatever y'all call that stuff. They they should have put a army knot in there or something at thirteen or thirty six years old. Wow! 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 How can you? That? Yeah, I was saying even trying to get a job now, it becomes difficult for you to go to work if you got thirteen children. Somebody yeah. didn't see somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Pastor KL? You know what? Your partner in crime sounds like you. They say instead of handing out condoms, they need to hand out pics of what your genital area looks like because it's rotten out due to the STDs. Huh? And show them that. Instead of mm. show, giving them the condom, show them that this is what happened. Woo, baby. Right. All right. 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 Wow. Boy, this is some kind of Christian show. Go ahead. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> what what say you? Do you say give out the condom or do you say teach abstinence? Well, <laughs> It, 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 it's uh, it's obvious that something's not working. <laughs> something's not working, and, and I really appreciate Brother Al this morning for for giving those those facts. Uh, because without the facts, we don't we don't know. We, my, my, before before he answered, I was saying, well, you know, the, the schools and and even even the government is always taking the responsibilities that the parents should have. It, the, the parents should be the one that's in the forefront of this fight, but the parents aren't doing their job. So somebody has to step in and say, "Hey, we have to head this thing off at the pass." It's it, it's serious. It it is really serious. It's not just about stopping kids from from having unprotected sex. It's about save, saving their lives. It's really okay, about okay. Can, can I just really... interject with that? Pastor, yeah. Pastor Vinny, you are 100% correct. I believe what you're saying. But what do we do when, when children are having children? When when, yeah. when children, yeah. you know, are, are, are learners, they can't teach anyone anything. When when, yeah. when, when, your gra- when when the grandmama and the mama is going to the club at the same time because they're in the same age bracket, then what are they teaching? They're not teaching their children about condoms. No one taught them about condoms. No one taught mm-hmm. them about sex. It just happened. Yeah. yeah. That's desperate times. Wow. Desperate Can I jump in there for a minute, too? Yeah. Okay, go um, One of the things that I'm noticing, being, you know, working with these kids and stuff, I have a lot of parents when they do so-called talking, this is their talking. And I, and, and, and I speak with a lot of the girls, the young girls here at the school, and the conversation is, 
okay, you're in the sixth grade. You cannot have a boyfriend until you get in high school. And, and that's what they say. And then what happens, the little girl got a boyfriend anyway in seventh grade. And then next thing you know, he's fighting because he don't know what's that. Then the mother come up here and she's torn to pieces. Oh, but I told her she couldn't have a boyfriend until, until she get in high school. And I'm just looking at her. Like, weren't you hard-headed too when we was young? <laughs> like, you, I don't, I don't understand why, what parents thinking that your child will be any different than we were. Our parents told us not to do stuff. We did it. You know what I'm saying? So why are you so yeah. shocked? Instead of having a conversation with her about, uh, you know, this is what goes on. This is how your body reacts. And, you know, and the people feel when I say that, I'm telling them, I'm giving them the okay to do it. No, you're not. It's like what, what mm-hmm. Pastor Benny said. You're saving their lives. I'm telling you, you wouldn't believe the amount of middle school kids that's having sex. I'm, I'm here in the school. I'm telling you what I know. And I'm talking sixth, seventh grade. I ain't even get to eighth grade yet. Sixth and seventh grade, these girls are not virgins no more. It's insane. Wow. I have a question, Pastor Zinni. You made a statement. I have a question. You said the parents are not doing their job. I need to know what that means. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, I used to... Uh, I used to work at the post office when I was in New York. And so I would take the subway to work. And I see I see these preteens on the on the trains at six o'clock in the morning hanging out. Not going to school. They on the trains at six o'clock in the morning. Now how how are you gonna feel that it's okay for you to be on a subway train at six o'clock in the morning? Remember that commercial? Do you know where your children are? Yes. Mm-hmm. So somebody needs to needs to step in and say, "Hey, you have a curfew. Before 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 that street light go out, you better be in this house." And, okay. and, and parents, okay. they need to start enforcing. You know, these these are simple things. See, you know. Nothing good happens after midnight, and it's been proven over and over again. All of these things, you know, those things that go bump in the night, well, now it's guns going <laughs> off at night. And, 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 and oh, if you want to save your child's life, you need to put some structure in their life. Yeah, they, no, they're not going to like it. No, they're not going to be your friend. But you're not supposed to be their friend. You're supposed to be their parent. Okay, okay. All I right. need to preach. Um, no, 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 no. Listen, do your thing, do your thing. Um, we have a comment. Some of the girls that young, some of the girls that young are having sex with older boys or men. Absolutely. They're not just having sex with boys their age. Yeah, right. they're definitely yeah. Um, uh, possibly having sex with, you know, people um, older, older than them. Oh, all right. Well, this gender-neutral bathroom, what mm-hmm. were you all thinking about this, 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 this here? This has been an issue um, that's been going on for a while. They say that in California, it, this, this has been a decade-long-ago decision, and they're saying students as young as 
first grade may have guaranteed access to gender-neutral bathrooms. So not so much of the question, should there be gender-neutral bathrooms, but should the gender-neutral bathroom be accessible to someone as young as graders? Why... Which way do you go and why? Brother Al, we'll start with you. So you're saying that uh, should the neutral uh, bathroom be accessible to uh, someone as young as like first grade? Yes. Wow, that's so crazy. Uh, I'm going to say no. In uh, um, first grade, what do you know about anything? Except what's getting pushed in, in your head, you know. They pushing this stuff so heavy today at the point where they're confusing the kids, and you know, and um, I, I don't think so. I think I think that's a bad thing. You know, I think I think that's a bad thing. I don't think it should be accessible to them. Okay, okay, Pastor Vinny, what are we talking about? Do you feel that it should be accessible to first graders? Why or why not? I, I'm with Brother Al. What what do what do you know? What what do you know about life? What do you know about yourself? You know what? Were you six, seven years old? It 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 really it really becomes suggestive. You know, I mean, the, the kids are seeing a whole lot of stuff because you know they're on YouTube, they're on their computer, they're seeing a whole lot of information. You know, they're seeing things, but there's no explanation about what they're seeing. So it's not about jumping on a bandwagon, but, you know, if you want to teach, you know, teach these kids something, you know, include this in, in I don't know, parenting classes or or something, but just to arbitrarily, you know, say, all right, this is this is what you have access to. I think that's wrong. Again, they're overstepping their bounds where the parents should really take the lead in, in, in this conversation. Okay. All right. Pastor KL, what do you believe? Is this too young for to introduce to for first graders? If so, why or why not? All right. So in the words of Pastor Jeff, I think I know how I feel about this one. Um, so, so I, I think, <laughs> I, I, I think it's, it's the influence, you know, it, it's the influence around you. Do, do you have two male parents? Do you have two female parents? Who's, who's influencing you, you know, yeah. to think that this is okay? Because in, in order for you to understand something, you have to learn it. So it has to mm-hmm. be a learned behavior. So, no one just gets up and say, I want to go to a neutral bathroom, you know, saying, oh, I want to be this, I want to be that. There has to be some kind of influence. So the question would be, who's influencing you? Why are they, why are they putting that on you? You know, yeah. you at, at a first grader can't make that kind of decision. You don't know any. Listen, you, don't, you can't even pee hard in the first grade. 
You know what I mean? You, you only have that, that, that problem. That, that's your biggest problem. You know, oh, no, I got a situation. That's your biggest problem, that you got to go to the bathroom. You know, uh-huh. so, so as far as all that other stuff, there has to be an influence. There has to be something motivating you. To, to, to make that kind of decision. And you're, you at first grade is not making that decision. Someone has already encouraged you and made that decision for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So I have a question for you gentlemen. I have a question. Based on what all of you have said, I've listened intently to what all of you have said, and I've also heard the argument that, you know, he or she at, you know, very young, we did a story. We did a story not that long ago. I think about a, it's even a month ago of a of a person who said that when they were in the party, they knew that they liked girl stuff. It was a boy. He said he knew he liked all girl stuff. He always played with dolls. These are the things he loved. And these are the, he always wanted to dress as a little girl. Brother Al, your son comes to you. Says, Dad, I, I, I want to dress. Please put me in a dress. And that's what he said. He said he used to go to his mother and ask the mother to put him in a dress. And after a while, Mom stopped. She got tired of him asking, and she ended up putting him in a dress because he didn't like to wear boy clothes. And I've also heard the argument vice versa. So if your child comes to you and says, I want to dress. They're kindergarten, first grade, and they come to you and say, hey, I want to dress, I want you to dress me like this. You know, can you dress me like this? This is what I'm feeling. This is what I want to do. What do you say, Brother Al? Well, that's our two people. All right. Then I'm going to ask them why. Wait, wait, after you what? Wait, wait, wait. After you what? That's our two people. <laughs> one, two, one. Two, two piece. It was two pieces. Yeah, two pieces. After I give my lesson, after I give my lesson, I'm right to the face. Then I'm gonna say, why, what, why do you care about me? What, what makes you, what makes you care about me? Okay, I want, I want to hear, I want to hear an answer on, I want to hear an answer on why he wants, you know, what makes you care about me? What makes you want to get this dress? He got to explain that to me. Yeah, of course. Again, after I two pieces, he got to explain to me. Okay. 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 And and what explanation would ever be good enough? I'm going to make some explanation. <laughs> that it has None. to be an explanation. That I just want to hear. It's absolutely okay. none, but I just want to hear. Okay. So you want to hear so you could say no anyway? <laughs> exactly. Cause I just want to see where his mind is. Because, you know, he might say, oh, my friend is doing it. Or, you know what, my mom said it's okay. So I want to hear, then I got to go to Keith Earth. So I want to hear. The answer still will be no, but I still want to get to the bottom of it. You know, he might need some help. You know, but I, so I still got to ask him and see what he says. But anybody getting two feet. <laughs> okay, Brother Al. Pastor Vinny. I'm going to borrow that two piece, Brother Al. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you have three boys and you have two granddaughters. Uh-huh. The two granddaughters, you, you manage to get through this with the boys. You don't have no problems with the boys. But your two granddaughters no. come and say, pop, pop, you know, 
I don't like being a girl. And mommy wants to put me in dresses. And I don't want to be in a dress. I want to wear this. I want to do karate. I want all the things uh-huh. the boys do. What do you say to her? Well, <laughs> well, Pastor Brenda reminded me that that those two granddaughters they have they have a father that's a weightlifter. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> well, he's got two pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he pressed he pressed about three fifty. <laughs> oh my goodness! And, and those 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 girls. You know, uh, you know. Let, let me kind of backtrack. When, when we when we were growing up, and I don't know, maybe I said it before, but my my parents, my mother, you know, there was no sleep sleepover. Uh, you know, uh, one of my siblings came and said, "Mom, can I stay over at my friend's house?" And, and my mom said, "You got a bed right here." <laughs> You, you, she said you got a, you got a bed you you have a bed right here if you want to play with them during the daytime but at nighttime everybody every every man Jack gonna be in their own bed. Right. The boy was that the wait, answer. Wait. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm I'm no I'm agreeing with you. That's what that was the answer yeah. you got. That was the answer you yeah, got. When you he, when he, Why are you going to yeah, when these kids are out of your sight, when they when they when they out of your sight or out of out of your uh, control, you know that's you know they're free to, to to experience you know other things that that might not be uh, the way you want them to be raised. You know, uh, you know, you're not going to a party for children that serve alcohol. You know, you're not. And, and again, that's that's the parents' responsibility. Sometimes, sometimes it's hard. It's the hard answers that we have to give them, but we have to give them the answers. No, you are. Thank God, God made you a girl, and we're gonna work on that as hard as we can. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, Pastor KL. <laughs> you. Well, okay, so so mine my, mine is a little different, you know, because I grew up in in in, in a crazy era, you know. My my I remember my son coming up to me at fourteen and saying, "Hey, you know, I'm thinking about putting earrings in my ear." I said, "When you move out, you can put whatever right. you want in your ear. You can put you can put a bone in your ear if you want to, but you're not going <laughs> to do it here. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So so it's not going to happen. And and there were there were rules, you know, saying that we had guidelines." My daughter to, to, to today, she came to me at 16 and said, uh, you know, Dad, I want to tell you that I'm gay. I said, I'm happy, too. So now we both happy, you know, because that's the only gay that I know. That's the only gay I know. We are both happy. You know, now, listen, she, she's grown right now, so whatever she wants to do at a grown age is fine. But at 16, we happy. But that's what gay means to me in my house, you know. So <laughs> I, I, I just don't understand, you know, how people allow, you know, now these days that they say, you know, children have feelings, they have rights. There, you ain't got no rights in my house. I don't know nobody my age who had rights 
in their mama or father's house. I don't know nobody nope. my age who had rights. Uh-uh. You know, we had, we had a right to breathe. We had a right to breathe. That's it. We had That's a right it. to eat whatever they cooked. These were the rights we had. We had a right to shut up. That's what we had a mm. right to. You know, yes. you, you, know when the, when, you know where the police got you had the right, well, right to remain well. silent? Us. The, the police got we got the right to remain silent from our past. Yep. So we had a right to yep. shut up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anything uh, you yep. said will be used against you in, in a form of a beating. You have a right <laughs> to shut up. In the form of a two-piece. All of a and a couple of Oh, God. You know. Well, you men you know, have got. Yeah. Go past the tail. No, I wasn't saying anything. That wasn't, that wasn't me. Yeah, that's past the Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, past the We got yeah. to. As 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 as, as uh, archaic maybe as it was, you know the old the old ways there were, there were a whole lot less decisions to be made. <laughs> there, there was one path. <laughs> there was one path for the for the for the boys, and there was one path for the girls. And and we didn't Listen, we didn't man, have a whole lot of issues. once you got once you got hit with that frying pan, you only knew one path. You wasn't trying to other path no more. You wasn't going there the other way no more. Once you get one good beating, mm-hmm. there was only one path. The straight and yeah. left. You saw the Lord. You knew the Lord after that beating. You yeah. carried until you got the fligo. Hallelujah. And remember, parents didn't beat no clothes. You had to take them clothes off. I ain't beating them good clothes. I bought you. Take them off. That's right. That's right. After you got out out the shower. You had to take a shower first. But you had to be wet. That's right. When you took the the clothes, you didn't just take the clothes off and throw them to the side. You had to take the clothes off, fold them, hang them up. Now you're getting beat. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow. You men have absolutely and you wasn't messing up their clothes or their money. Uh-uh. Oh my goodness. What? Thank you so much, gentlemen. You have been phenomenal this morning and we thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation and we pray you have a blessed weekend. Amen. Well, thank you. Well. Amen. You do say thank, thank you. Thank you. Bless you thank family. you. Alrighty. righty. Mm. Wow. I didn't pull up my benediction. So, you know, as a matter of fact, let's, we, 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 we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're not going to pull up no, we're not going to pull up no benediction. We're going to close out with prayer this morning. And we're going to hold hands and hold hearts this morning. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. We're so grateful for your graciousness and even allowing us into your day. We thank you for just ringing that alarm and waking us up this morning with brand new tender mercies. Heavenly Father, we come before you with thanks because all of the words that were given here today Words of wisdom, words of encouragement, words of sound um, mind, and words from you 
and we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for choosing us, for choosing us to be your ministers, dear Heavenly Father. You are continually investing in all of us, whether we're ministering or whether we're the listener. That investment that comes each and every day from you, we're grateful for because you could have easily left us in the dark. But no, you invited us into your marvelous life. Thank you so very much, God. Thank you for Pastor Vinny, Brother Al, Pastor KL, the Heavenly Father. Thank you for our listeners, dear God. And we pray to Heavenly Father that as your word has been uh, delivered, that we would digest it, it would marinate and resonate, and it would spring forth new life. Even the words that we have given today ourselves, we would be blessed by what we even said, that it would be an encouragement unto us and our families, the Heavenly Father, that we would not just be talking, but we would also be doers of the words that we speak. And we pray that those who hear would not just be hearers, but they would also be doers. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for taking us safely through another week. We're here only by your mercy, only by your grace, Dear Heavenly Father, that we're even able to see this morning. And you have gotten us off to such a wonderful start into your day, into your weekend, dear Heavenly Father. We pray that we can be a continual blessing to all we come across and all who come across us, that you've prepared us to minister accordingly, that somebody's going to come by us who's going to need the word that was delivered today. And we say thank you for just using us. We love you, Lord. We appreciate you. We thank you for sending your son. We give you the glory and the honor for rightly being named. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hmm. Oh, talked about some stuff here. Today, you know, as I go back into even the Demi story and how, you know, they went in and they sat down. And, you know, I I know you're hungry. I know you're hungry, but sometimes we have to use discernment as to what's safe and what's not safe. And if we here in the North, we don't have Denny's here. You know, Denny's here, there ain't never been no Denny's here. But we got word decades ago that there are places like Denny's. And even when we travel, you know, when you're hungry, you need to stop at a rest stop, get yourself a bag of chips until you get to a different location. You know, some might say that, hey, you know, we're going there, we're going to prove a point. I'm just not proving a point with my food. I don't know, no, that's, that's my level of discernment. I'm going to have to let the Lord reveal this in some other way. Because he's going to. He's going to. But it's not going to be in my detriment. In South Dakota, I'm not trying to go to jail. If you're just driving through, if you're passing through, then uh, I ain't trying to go to jail in these places. Because, you know, if regardless of where you come from, you didn't heard this story. And, you know, you... Again, 
even if you hadn't heard the story. But when you got there, he looked around and ain't nobody looking like you. I'm, I'm, I'm helping you out today. The men are helping you out today. Get a bag of Doritos and from the rest stop and keep it moving until you can go somewhere where it's more comfortable. And, you know, God will sustain you. We, we got to be different in our thinking. We have to make better choices. And because that could have turned out to be something so bad. You know, thank God they got decent officers and things like that. You know, so we give God thanks for just their safety. And, uh, you know, when, when the franchise owner decided to only fire one person, then you knew right there where he was coming from. Because there was a whole lot of other people that needed to be uh, reprimanded. We're talking about whether we give our condoms in our high school. Now, as a Christian, as a woman of God, as a pastor, as a human being here on this earth, this is a tough spot we're in. Now, years ago, it was just plain and simply put, you know. We ain't giving you no condoms. You know, giving you condoms is telling you it's okay. But I'm going to speak on the air of discernment right now. Again, I'm going to go back to discernment. And, and I've raised three girls, and I give God thanks because they are now this year, God spares their life. They are 38, 33, and 25. And, man, they are good girls. Tough. But I have to take them off no pole. I have to get them out of crack house. So whatever they did, God, God got me through. And, you know, back in the day, absolutely not. And as a pastor, it's almost like I choked at this conversation because I say to myself, do we stand on the ground of, you know, again, if we don't, if we give it to them, it's saying yes. But yet when we statistics that Brother Al gave and you know that there are statistics out here and you know that, and I'm going to listen, we're adults here, you know, we have gotten into a groove of young people that say oral sex is, is safe and it's not sex. So we ain't dealing with a whole lot of logic here. We don't know where their logic comes from, <laughs> to be honest with you, because I, I, I don't ever know where that could have possibly come from, but guess what? We're here, and this is what we're facing, and as I, you know, celebrate my granddaughter's ninth birthday today, I cringe even more because the stuff that I dealt with with my girls, I I didn't have to deal with, you know, with with with, uh, with this stuff back when they were growing up, and now... I'm, I'm, I'm my nine-year-old granddaughter's pasta, and it's like, boy, my, I just I just choke and cringe. It's like, Jesus, you got to get us through this because these are some real tough decisions we got to make. And I got to say that, you know, initially, I was like, nah, I ain't giving up no condoms. But as, as, as I go further into the reality, You, you just may have to get that condom out, you know. And I, and I want to say this. One of the things I just got finished saying to someone the other day, you know, or yesterday, we give out condoms. That's not the biggest issue. 
because a condom might be able to stop STDs, but a condom cannot stop the transference of spirit. And that's one of the things we deal with when we deal with premarital sex, sex uh, with, with people in the world opposed to true, authentic Christian living. That's what I say. There's a lot of stuff, man, you got to think about. A lot of stuff you got to think about. It, this, this ain't no easy pill to swallow. So my, my, my advice would be go with what the Lord tells you to do with yours. That's my level of discernment. Do I hand my granddaughter condom and say, here, Mariah, better be safe than sorry. That just don't feel right to me. So my thing is, that's why you need to have a relationship with the Lord. Because guess what? Everything is not cookie cutter. Yeah, walk in this world like like when we were growing up and, and our parents and our grandparents and, you know, uh, 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 the pastors said, that's it, this is what it is, and, and, and we ain't doing nothing different. We're not living that in that world anymore. So God is going to have to, there are certain things that are just cut and dry, still, just cut and dry when it comes to the things of the Lord. However, we're going to get into certain areas where we're going to really have to let God dictate what we do with ours and when we are faced with these particular decisions I don't have to make this decision for the children of California I have to make the decision right now for mine so you know I, I'm not handing my 25 year old daughter a, 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 a condom I'm not doing it you know she, she's baptized now so I'm hoping abstinence is what she's going after and, and, and if she spoke to me that's what we're going to talk about but as my nine-year-old gets older, I don't see myself giving Mariah a condom. Not only, you know, because basically we're dealing with church ethics, but who Mariah is. So that's what we have to look at. We have to look at who we're dealing with, what the Lord is telling us. Because at certain times, that's what God is going to have to, that's what God is going to have to decide for that particular situation. It cannot be this, this, this one time or one, one size fits all. So let's get that relationship with the Lord strengthened. I close out every day with that. Because trust me when I tell you, the further we go in this life, the longer that the enemy is functioning, the worse this world is going to get. And we're going to have to have that relationship with the Lord in order to know what to do. Make sure you have your relationship with the Lord. You've been listening to It's Do Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing up, and I want to thank my Do Time to my name for sending us into thought-provoking weekend. Thank you for hanging out with us all week. Please do not miss this opportunity right now to give your life to the Lord. Please do not miss the opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. We will be uh, funeralizing my dear Auntie Brenda, one who I've always been talking about on this broadcast. 
she is now no longer with us. So there will be no prayer on Sunday night. But God says, we'll be shaking the Monday morning blues together. Until then, I love you.